0: You are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere but right here on Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batista. Alongside me is Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 100. And $50 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit Vandal.com slash locked on to get started. And of course, the Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Your Team Everyday. Now the Hawks were looking to reset in Cleveland after taking that L in Boston Sunday. We'll deep dive on the Hawks 128-104 loss. To the Cavs in the and one and take you through who got next. But first, let's get T and Tate's takes on what went down tonight. And Tate, you say, is this where not finding a replacement for John Collins during free agency shows itself to hurt the Hawks?
1: It is, Tanitra. Um, and I've been feeling like we've been we were already at that point prior to the saving grace here that nobody really wants to feel like they want to talk about because of, you know, not finding somebody in free agency or something along those lines has been the contribution from, um, from Jalen Johnson. Yeah. Right. But I think that again, like I said, in the last episode, we have been blessed to see that because I don't think anything that we've seen, probably for some people, course myself included not even half of what we've seen from Jalen Johnson did I think that you know we would get I didn't anticipate that at all so I mean granted yes we knew coming into the game that the size could potentially be a problem you know the Hawks are thin in the front court having or not having Jalen already as it is that makes matters even worse or adds fuel to the fire insult to injury or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. um but the Cavs are also not the biggest team uh in the league by any stretch. But yes, the players that they do play in those situations, that being a la um, you know, Jared Allen, um, another one, Evan Mobley, who had a career high in rebounds, you know, with 19 on tonight, those things started to reflect the mm-hmm. the 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 difference from block shots 12 to three siding with Cleveland on tonight. How about points in the paint? doubled those numbers 64 to 32 at least i think 32 times two is 64. but nonetheless it was still just all over the place and um that part alone i think we deserve to give clint capella a little bit more credit than we typically do because he's really had to be the one that have been that defensive anchor and just guy in the front court that all the responsibilities has been on his shoulders
0: Yeah, and we were kind of hoping for that not to happen. And even tonight with a lot of the burden on his shoulders, normally you would see this as a double-double night. For him, it was kind of right there, uh, 14 points, 9 rebounds. But I think for me, it was a little bit of an expanse of what you said, which is you can expect to lose the battle in every category. Like, you just can't expect to lose the battle in every category, but win the war if you consider the game a war. And really, you can go down the list. You've already hit some of them. So I'm going to hit some other ones where field goal percentage, 35% for the Hawks to almost 54% for the Cavs, three-point shooting, 30% to 36%. Now, they did improve in free throw percentage. I will give them that one category where they did best the Cavs. And they also got back to going to the charity stripe the way we're accustomed to seeing the Hawks do at a clip of making 92% of their shots. But then you look at the rebounds, out-rebounded 55 to 44, even an area where they do well, sharing the ball, assist, 27 to 28. That's not the mm-hmm. answer. And then, like you said, although the Cavs went at many points in the game with a small ball lineup of three guards, a forward and a center, they still blocked 12 to shots, 12 shots, 12 of the Hawk shots. So that t- speaks to the, the piece of where it starts to really become an issue when you have a bigger front court consistently from the opponent than you do yourself. And then points in the paint was maybe where, where it was, uh, or 20 to 16 rather, uh, in favor of the Hawks. And I'm sorry, just in favor of the Cavs, but at least there's like a little bit less of a margin there, if you will. But I just feel like in every area just about, the Hawks were outplayed. and That's just not a winning formula. I don't care who you put on the court. It's just not a winning formula.
1: No, and that is very true. And one thing that the Hawks cannot afford to do right now is to not have a winning formula on the floor. If you got the winning formula, but you're still just trying to figure out how to maximize it, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. something a little bit different. Um, But you at least have to have that. Um, But again, uh, to be able to find, you know, a good bit of optimism in here which i probably have a little bit more than most people considering the recent record and everything else has been that i have a better feel of what that identity piece is some teams i really do believe uh in the nba have more of um you know a better record or what have you and appear to Mm -hmm. be playing better basketball right now but their better basketball is not in front of them versus what the Hawks have although the Hawks are the ones what I feel like has more of a known identity than some of these teams that are just escaping by because of the talent on their rosters if that makes any sense and then the other part of it is from a rebound perspective uh, being out-rebounded 55-44, to 44, while you might say, well, yeah, I mean, they were out-rebounded by double digits. I feel like on a night like tonight, that could have been much worse, um, in which it, you know, it wasn't. And then you have to factor in one other player for them being uh, Isaac Okoro, uh, who, you know, a native here of Georgia, McEachern High School, definitely an undersized player somewhere, you know, within that, you know, small forward almost like a shooting guard type of size but Mm -hmm. his heart and his physicality is that of like a power forward when it comes to rebound it almost kind of reminds me of um uh goodness pj tucker almost kind of sense right like his mentality is a lot bigger than who he is as a player his physicality amongst things like that that almost adds a different element or another number to the front court mm-hmm. players that they have just because he plays so his heart is so much bigger um, than his stature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then that's fair that that is fair. And, and I think too, you know, I have been one to say, Hey, I'm going to try my best to stay optimistic because we are still not to the quarter mark of this season. Right. So mm-hmm. there could still be some growing pains that we're seeing And I'm going to talk about one of them in a little bit. But one of the things I want to point out, kind of setting up that conversation or that part of our conversation is kind of this up, down, back, forth. Right. I don't know that we've seen more than maybe one game, maybe two games so far this season where both Trey and DeJounte have gone off, where they both have fantastic games. Trey will have phenomenal games, especially in this last five game stretch. And he's doing it at both ends of the court. He's working his butt off. DeJounte Murray has been a tough stretch for him. And again, I'm going to hold that thought until we get into the end one. But that's another area where you look at all of the pieces of the puzzle. And right now, the hole is just not greater than the sum of its parts. So until we see that happen, we're going to have nights like this. From the hawks more
1: often than not right yeah yeah no i agree with that and i think a lot of that kind of goes back to what i was saying was some of these other teams appear just optically uh like they're playing so much better basketball and what have you but i just feel like the 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 floor is extremely low uh for them uh or high rather the floor is but the ceiling Mm -hmm. for the hawks is much higher uh, than what it appears like some other teams are doing. So I'm I'm still feeling good. I know it's like, how do you even find that in this team? That is, you know, obviously they're going to beat the teams that they're expected to beat, you know, some Wizards and Pistons and some of those other teams. Um, but I still like the competitive nature that they're playing with regardless, despite they still got to put it together for all four quarters. But I still think that there are some other teams who, granted, do have some better records, but yet still trying to figure out how they're going to put it together with for all four quarters because even they still struggle from time to time.
0: And you did just call out something that is a positive and something to be optimistic about comparing them to last season. And that is, last season, there were many, many times where we were having conversations about the Hawks not taking care of business and beating the teams uh. they're supposed to beat. So at least. That's one hurdle that they've been able to cross successfully so far this season. Now we're going to talk more hawks caps in the end one, but first I want to tell you guys a little bit about Vandal. So you think about where we are right now, holidays. The weather's getting colder, and so maybe you're indoors a little bit more, and you're trying to figure out what to do with yourself. Well, one of the things you might want to do is get familiar with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel but not sure, well, now is probably the perfect time to get in on the action. It's an easy app to use, very, very user-friendly, and you got a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over, unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and continue the NFL season. You know we're on the backside. So things are tightening up and it's really a great time for you to start betting because you got a little bit more of an idea of where some teams are going to fall week to week, if not at the end of the regular season. So again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is your official partner of the NFL. All right, so let's take a deeper look at this game. And one of the things I was thinking about is this. In most instances, the biggest concern in the absence of Jalen Johnson is what we talked about or alluded to in that first segment. And that's that the Hawks opponents would have an even bigger advantage, no pun intended, because of a bigger lineup. But this time, the Cavs went off using a small ball lineup featuring three guards for much of tonight's game, including, of course, Donovan Mitchell, who darn near won the game by himself, a real talk. It was really a, a game where Max Strews had a yeah, decent night, 11 points, uh, Darius Garland, 19 points, and of course, Donovan Mitchell, 40 points. So with a small ball lineup that was maybe a little more consistent with a smaller lineup for the Hawks, albeit not from a position perspective, but just overall. Why couldn't the Hawks just keep up with the Cavs production, or if not keep up with their production, Deshaun, limit them from having the shooting night like they did?
1: Yeah, I think part of it is the fact that so many of the what is it 29 other teams outside of the Cleveland Cavaliers are still trying to figure out. So it's not just the Atlanta Hawks slowing yeah. down somebody like a Donovan Mitchell who we saw yeah. recently, what just a year ago, or not even a whole year ago um go off for like 71 points or something along those lines like some guys are just it's gonna be their night you just have to find ways to try to contain them challenge them make it difficult for them alter shots at the rim but when you don't have those pieces where you saw you know so much of what donovan mitchell got tonight was about getting to the basket watching him uh you know that's something that you just see that he just excels at and just does so well that's just part of you know what is the the you know the the arsenal that he has within you know in, in his bag i guess is the new what the new kids is calling it to oh, in in his bag i feel like an old man now but um You're but no <laughs> i'm I i'm i'm definitely feeling that way but um even more so you know it, it's just about if you make him settle for jump shots and take tough jump shots which which he can also make um, that's one thing, but you know, when he starts getting you on your heels, backpedaling, penetration, you know, he's one of the best. And I'm almost willing, without really just thinking about it off the top of my head, willing to say he's probably the best in the league in terms of like getting to the basket and twerking his body and di- not twerking because there's a big difference there but twerking his body in different ways to be able to get that shot up and then uh um and, you know in, into the basket and so trying to find an answer for him is tough and garland is still trying to find his way and you still got other pieces i mean they made some pretty big moves karis lavert being another one who people know can be a very lethal i mean we remember some years where we had here in atlanta Somebody like a Lou Will who can come in and give you instant offense and firepower right off the bench. High-volume shooting, and when he's hot, he's really hot, and he can play so well with his size on both sides and everything else when he's not injured. This happened to be a game where he wasn't, and it just added an extra element. So I don't necessarily um, know that there's really an answer to that per se, but there is one thing, though, Tanitra, is I might be the only person that feels like they see this or has been seeing this recently. Mm -hmm. but I think with some with with DeJounte Murray and granted give him a lot of credit coming in making some changes and things looking different defensively for the Hawks I'm not sure that with some of the performances that we've seen recently by some of the better players on the opposing teams especially being guards DeJounte's Mm -hmm. been struggling on the offensive side and I think he's been struggling a little bit on the defensive side so clearly he's not the only one here but uh i do think that he is a big piece to that puzzle so i'm not sure what's going on but i hope he gets it together relatively quickly than not.
0: yeah i think you're going to need him too because you can't keep having situations where Trey has an up night and dejounte has a down night or vice versa you really do need to see that backcourt be a tandem that is that a team has to actually scheme for and strategize for because i look at dejounte's last five games and to your point the production kind of goes down, down, down because it's 28 points and it's 20 points and single digit rebounds, like three and four rebounds. You know, when you get into the five, six, I think you're okay at the shooting guard, right? But three and four, not so much. So 28 points, 20 points, 11 points, six points. And then he comes back and at least gets 13 with Boston. And you're looking at it and you're thinking to yourself, like, this is not, th- this ain't it. 13 points, three rebounds tonight as well. And just one assist, like there has to be more production from DeJounte Murray. And if if it's a night where the, the shots aren't falling, at a minimum, I need to see more in those defensive categories. I need to see more rebounding. I need to see more steals. I need to see some way that you're affecting the game. If you can't affect the scoreboard, I need you to affect the game in other ways. And yeah, I do get a little concerned because we're now a season in. And we've now got 17 games under the belt of 11 and five. So that said, at what point are we going to see 11 and five look like a dynamic duo on a consistent basis, night in, night out? Because if you don't, then you'll have situations like what you had tonight where, and of course, the Cavs used a three-headed monster. But you'll have situations like we had tonight where literally you could find... Max Struce, you could find Darius Garland, you could find Donovan Mitchell up under a basket, getting a bucket, but you couldn't find the backcourt of the Hawks getting too much, especially on the DeJounte side uh, of that backcourt. So yeah, like you said, not quite sure what's going on. I know sometimes players will just have some lulls, if you will, but feels kind of early in the season to be having a lull. But that with that in mind, and you know, we're thinking about lulls, there's gonna be a lull for anywhere from three to six weeks, depending on who you lived into as it relates to the absence of Jalen Johnson and a lull in the front court for the Hawks. Now the Hawks did lead by as many as 12 points against the Cavs tonight and they were definitely competitive before DeAndre Hunter went down with a dislocated right pinky finger. You know that's an injury he sustained a couple weeks ago as well. Now he did come back to the game but really didn't have the effect that he was having in that first half because the Hawks We're only down by three, even at halftime. And of course they go on to get blown out by 23 points. And we're actually down by as many as 25. That said, how important, and I know you're going to love this question because you've been touting (laughs) and tooting the horn of Dre this last couple of games, how important has Dre become to bring some type of health defense on the perimeter in the absence of Jay?
1: Extremely. I think primarily on the offensive side, for sure. But uh, on the defensive side, I do think that you see some of that in spurts. But if I, you know, there's been ironically and coincidentally things that we've seen from him that appear to have been uncharacteristic within the last probably week, week and a half, close to two weeks now. Uh, We did see some of that, you know fire being lit under his belly a little bit with disagreements Mm -hmm. with foul calls and Mm -hmm. like you were saying you know you know despite going to you know to the locker room we almost see him go to the locker room for a whole different reason because of you know him being upset for for some of the whistles that were blown and obviously that ended in a double technical between him and dejounte murray which i don't also think is necessarily all about um frustration because of losing or whatever the score is or whatever the case may be i think Mm -hmm. sometimes i am seeing some questionable calls or some ticky tack fouls or just inconsistent calls even if it is a foul that's called on deandre or you know on Yeka or whoever picks up a foul that appears silly but make sure that you call that on the other side if you're gonna call bs in the first half call bs in the second half if you're gonna you know swallow the whistle and let the let the plays, you know, let play go on and let the guys play through it in the first half Then do that in the second half. But it's the inconsistency that I noticed sometime from time to time and just kind of going back slightly just here for a second to the mm-hmm. point that you were making about, you know, not having Jalen. I challenged DeJounte Murray on this because I don't think most people will question. I do think he'll get out of this slump. I don't think that most people question, you know, where he is in terms of being the second guy or the Robin or whatever you want to call it on this Mm -hmm. team. But I'm clearly not the only person that feels like that, you know, Jalen Johnson is kind of moving into that role, which you can see here, of course. Appreciate uh, Boom Cincy for uh, being a supportive and a listener here. Hawks won't make it far without Jalen Johnson. He's the clear number two guy on our team. DeJounte has the, power tra- has the star power. Trey is the best player, but Jalen gives us the best chance to win. So appreciate Boom Cincy for uh, jumping in with us and uh, sharing his thoughts.
0: Yeah, and I can agree with him on that one because I do think, and I don't know if if I would say, I, I like the way he, he po- posed it. DeJounte is a star player. Trey's the best player. Jalen's the player that gives you the best chance to win. Yeah, that, that's about, that's about right. Like DeJounte, because he's been an all-star, I'll give you the star status, if you will. Right. And okay. he would be typically, if he shows us the DeJounte that went off those first couple of games to start the season, he's actually the guy that is the, your second best player and conceivably gives you the best chance to win. But if we look at how the actuality of it before Jalen Johnson went down Saturday, he has become that number two guy, which is great because Deshaun, if the Hawks biggest problem is having one number one guy in Trey Young, and then we're trying to decide who's the next best player. That's a good problem to have. It's a very Agreed. good Hawks to have. So I'm excited about the way say kind of laid that out because he's not wrong about that. And that could actually be one of those good problems to have now we're going to talk who got next in a minute because the Hawks have a little bit of time to bounce back. They've got a day before they have to head down to San Antonio and face, whoo, Limby. But first, let me download with you guys on PrizePix. So Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And right about now, it's a good time for you to take advantage of that because it's easy and it's pretty exciting. It's just you against the numbers. You're not battling other players. You're not battling pros. You're not battling sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Now with prize picks, you can in the basketball season pick combo projections across basketball from what they call the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you might want to pick the Robinson after the, the, I guess the combination game he had, you'd say uh, yards from scrimmage, absolutely amazing against the saints on Sunday. And then again, you might pick Wimby to say, Hey, he's going to have one of those unbelievable games as far as his points. And what he's able to do, maybe in rebounds or assists, but you can actually pair it together when you use prize picks. The other thing that's really cool about prize picks is that they offer a reboot policy to, so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. So if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Now, how do you take advantage of this? By going to prizepicks.com and you're gonna go to prizepicks.com/slash on using the code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNBA and use code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. So who's got next? Well, the Hawks don't got next in Vegas because they have actually been eliminated from – the next round of in-season tournament play, it was going to be kind of a hard road anyway or a hard mountain to climb because they would have had to win tonight and win by 18 points. Then they would have had to see the Celtics lose tonight. Well, Hawks lost by 23, Celtics won by 27. So that kind of ends their opportunity to go to Vegas and make some noise in that new format. But that said, that's going to take about a week's hiatus for those teams that aren't going to Vegas. Are you going to be watching that in-season tournament without the Hawks in it?
1: Without question. I'm definitely going to be watching. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to be watching with as much interest as I would if the Hawks were participating in it, but I definitely am. It is given a lot of that, and I mentioned this multiple times, some of that, you know, um, soccer feel to it, with it being about a cup and play, actually playing for something. I think what we've been mm-hmm. seeing was uh, has been some of the – play from the players you know has been definitely having more of a playoff type feel which we all for whatever reason feel like you know it's more interest it draws more interest uh from the viewership um, when mm-hmm. it's like they're playing for something in the playoffs versus in the yeah. regular season. It's been getting chippy out there with a lot of these teams. There's yeah. been a lot of scoring, but there's also been some good defense on the other mm-hmm. side of it. Like the team, like the players are really playing for something that means something and important to them. That was yeah. the big concern for me as a uh, consumer. And now mm-hmm. that I'm able to see that it's like, okay, these guys are, I mean, this isn't just a regular Tuesday night, you know, game or what have you. Like, these guys are really battling. Like, I'm really hearing the boom, boom, defense, boom. I mean, like, crowds standing up. Like, they're really getting into it. I'm always glad to see that.
0: I would, Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think when we all first heard of the concept of the in-season tournament, we were like, wait, what? But, yeah, it's actually been intriguing. It's been making us look at the game a little bit differently. And, I don't know, kind of fun. Listen, anytime you can do something that kind of resets things, especially because, you know, the NBA always gets flack for how All-Stars go into that week and particularly how that game has been played, especially the first half more so than the second half. But yeah, I think this kind of gets teams excited. It kind of gets fans excited and it gives us a different reason to kind of tune in. So, yeah, I won't be watching with the same excitement or enthusiasm or intrigue because the Hawks are not in it, but certainly, yeah, I'm going to check it out just like you will. Now, the other thing I'm going to check out is if the Hawks can bounce back from now, a little two-game losing skid, and maybe get a W down in DeJounte Murray's old neck of the woods. They'll head to San Antonio Thursday to take on Victor Wimbanyama and the San Antonio Spurs. What is the key to the Hawks getting a win down in San Antonio?
1: I think it's going to first and foremost be about – taking advantage of a young team like San Antonio, who uh, we know that they are very well coached. I think that's obvious discipline, you know, type Mm -hmm. of team don't make a ton of, you know, unforced errors or mistakes, but because they are so young with a young roster, you have to take advantage Mm -hmm. of that. So, you know, kind of be that wiser uh, player or wiser team, um and like I always say, you know, beat the teams that you're su- supposed to beat. This is one of those teams. They've got three wins on the season. Um, while Victor is gonna get so much of the talk, I can't even tell you how many times his name is gonna be called and people are gonna be salivating at the mouth, ooh and on about everything. Get him in foul trouble. Force him to use some of that length and everything else for feel like he can block every shot or whatever the case may be or out of control, going to the basket and penetration, standing in front of him, drawing charges, doing little things that's going to have to force him how to you know, ride that bike without the training wheels and learn. Because everybody talks about how good he can be. Force yeah. him to be in position to learn how good he can be by overcoming certain mistakes that he's made in the past this game has to be a game where that is highlighted for him where he can build off of mistakes that he made if you're the hawks you got to be the team that forces him and not just him but they've got a really young team as well but if you're counting on them to just make mistakes because of something that you're not necessarily doing they probably won't because coach pop is so good for preparing them
0: Indeed. And there's an opportunity there for DeJounte Murray to really one-up the guy who took over for him at the shooting guard position. Devin Bissell has 18 points that he's averaging on the season and 49% field goal percentage. So he's really having a nice little start to the season. There's an opportunity there to really, really have the Hawks, particularly DeJounte Murray say, hey, I was that guy. I'm still that guy. Maybe not in the Spurs uniform anymore, but I am that guy. So definitely we'll be looking to see if the Hawks can use that as an opportunity to kind of reset themselves. Listen, we appreciate you guys for stopping by the Lock On Hawks podcast. It is your home for the best Hawks talk. And remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we will see you tomorrow.